This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Put your hands together one more time. Jesus is Lord. <laughs> Let's read John 14, 23. As we start this morning, how many people love Jesus? How many people have moved from pillow to pillar? <laughs> Hallelujah. From the one that you lean on to the one that you worship. From the one that you lean on to the one that you bow to. Hallelujah. From the one that you give others to, to the one who gives you order. From Savior to Lord. Jesus answered and said unto him, We are still talking about men after God's earth. If a man love me, number one, he will keep my words. Mm. And my father will love him. And we will come unto him and make our abode, our dwelling place. If anyone loves me, he will keep my words. That means we don't just say we love God. There are things to do to show that we love him. One of those things is that if you love him, you'll keep his words. Which one? All his words. But most importantly, the commandment to love. He said, when you do so, I am my father. We will come and dwell. We will not just give you a visitation. We come and lodge with you. Beautiful. So there are those that God visits and there are those that God lives with. And the Bible says, it's about how much you love him. God bless you. Can I have your seat this morning? <laughs> Glory to God. If any man, it's an open invitation. Anyone. Anyone can take advantage of it. But I want to read something again. When you want to know people that love God, first of all, you'll see those, they are the ones who keep his words. Mm. Psalm 45 verse 7. Well, let's start from verse 6. I just want to read something again from there. Psalm 45. Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of the, thy kingdom is a right scepter. Verse 7 is where I'm going. Thou lovest righteousness and it's a wickedness. Therefore, God thy God hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. I'm not so much willing to go into this this morning, but just to say, it's not enough that you are not sinning. The Bible expects you to move to a level where you hate iniquity. Thou lovest righteousness, and you ate iniquity. Therefore thy God has anointed thee with the oil of gladness above your fellow. What makes some men to stand out? 
And in talking about men after God's hour, we are talking about those who love him passionately. It's the first point. And who can go to any length for God? Mm. If any man, when we come, God is drawn to people that show that they love him. So the, uh, we, we examined Daniel a little last week. But I want to take it a step further today. First Chronicles 17. First Chronicles 17. Let, let's start from there. We want to x-ray David a little this morning. Hallelujah. It came to pass as David sat in his house that David said to Nathan the prophet, Lo, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of the covenant of love remained under curtains. Remember, Jesus said, if anyone loves it, he will keep my words. That's the first thing. The next thing is this. Before we uh, jump into this story, I want to read John chapter 21, verse 15. John 21, 15. Just to give the second sign, second thing that reveals the fact that you love God. Because it will lead us to this passage that I'm about to read now. So when they are dying, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than this? He said, Lord, you know I love you. Then he said to him, feed my lamb. Next verse. He said to him again the second time. Jesus used the word very few times, verily, verily. Every time you see verily, verily in the Bible, that means pay double attention. Now, in this case, it's not using the word very rarely, but he put forth the same question three times. So he said in the second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than this? Then Peter said, I love you. And he told him, if you do, this is the indicator, feed my lamb. Next verse. He said to him the third time, <laughs> Simon, son of Jonah, Lovest thou me? The Bible says Peter was grieved. Ah! Why are you asking the same question over and over again? And Jesus ended by saying again, Feed my sheep. In other words, this is how I know that you love me. Number one, you keep my commandments. Number two, your interaction with other sheep in the kingdom, they define your level of love. Because if you cannot love men that you see, you can't claim that you love God that you don't see. So if I'm going to measure your, the temperature of your love, if I want to measure how much you love me, this is what Jesus is saying. I'm going to check two parameters. How much of my words you are keeping and how you love my people or my house. David got the two rights. And that's why I want to examine him a little and Maybe next week we'll check some other people. We'll go deeper again. But let these two things be at the back of your mind. That Jesus Christ is not moved by you singing, I love you, Lord. It's not moved by you saying, Lord, I love you. The Lord goes beyond what you say. It checks these two things in your life. Do you keep my words? And do you love my people? In the case of Peter, because he was a leader, Jesus said, I feed the lamb. I am going to rate your love 
by how much you are going to spend time to pray, to study, so that you can give a word to my people. For some other people in the house of God, I'm going to measure my love and your love by your giving, by your availability. How much you can deprive yourself of pleasure to be in church to serve other Christians. Did you hear what I've just said now? So let's go to that first, king, uh, first Chronicles 17. Now, for time, we'll just remember like two or three verses. David sat in his house and David said to Nathan, What made, what kind of man was David? I was told, when we get to heaven, David is still the only king probably in heaven. Or maybe there are other kings, but David is still recognized as a king today in heaven. And it will be so when we shall join them after rapture. He's a king because David entered a realm that God began to reveal New Testament to David in Old Testament. He was not a perfect man. Perfection is not what God is looking for. You can, you might not be a perfect person, but you can have a perfect heart towards God. Is it 2 Chronicles 16, 9? That the Bible said, The eyes of the Lord are running to and fro, or up the hearts, that he might show himself mighty on behalf of those whose hearts. This is a very strong message that should make people to begin to correct their heart towards God. I will go back to the in a while. Look at the scripture. Jesus said, If any man will love me, we are going to come and start living in his house. Why? Because those who love God are very few. And I'll show you in a while. Now, look at what the, God is promising there. Now, this is a prophet speaking to a king. And on behalf of God, he said, that for the eyes of the Lord. Okay. And God, that's seven eyes. According to Revelation, the eyes of the Lord, they are running to and fro, all the arts. Every day, searching, where are they? Can I find somebody? What is he looking for? To show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is perfect towards him. Give me a man that his heart is perfect. I will show myself mighty. No wonder David was the only king that never lost any battle in the Bible. Show me a man whose heart is perfect. That means a man that thinks me. So now, that person we read, that's uh, first Chronicles 17. They just gave David blessings. Oh, Carlos de Ribos. I was so blessed on Wednesday in Manchester when our apostle began to share some things. And they began to call Christians who are in Europe to go back to churches. God has had one controversy with Christians forever. And it's the reason why out of love, at times out of love, it holds back prosperity. From the time they left wilderness till our present time, prosperity has led many people astray more than poverty in Christ. Somebody said it this way, a man who in America, he said people who undo adversity very well, Never deny going time of adversity. When prosperity came, they fell. Ministers who love God genuinely, when they need to trust God for every cobble, when wealth came, what's it deal with Christian and comforts? Some people started praying very well. Until now, they have AC and generator. And then they subscribe to Holo, Netflix, Flixness, and everything. And all of a sudden, it takes away prayer life. You don't know that it takes a lot to handle prosperity than poverty. 
The Bible says, Jehoshaphat waxed fat and kicked and lightly esteemed the God of salvation. For about 30 chapters, they don't know me. Moses kept warning. He <laughs> said, guys, we are at the border of promised land now. Hey, when you enter, you are going to deny God. He told them to write on their forehead, write on their door, write it. They wrote it everywhere, but they, they enter promised land, they still forgot God. And Moses was saying, I know you. He said, I know human beings. Once you do have to wait on God for manna again, now you plant your own field and you are rich. Ah, he said, guys, hey. And Moses won and won and won and won. He even told them to compose, to, to turn those warnings to songs. They, they liked the songs, but it didn't help them. But there's something about man and prosperity. This is why those who shall back heaven with prayer. As soon as God gives them a little break to bye-bye, and then they walk away. Christians who fasted and prayed. I don't believe in fasting for visa, but fasting for visa, and they want to locate. As soon as they get there, some are listening to me this morning, they just join the environment. Nobody goes to church, they just stay at home. And start enjoying life. Until a problem comes, then they remember God. You know people do callous. <laughs> you know, I'm giving you a warning this morning. If you build a routine, for instance, that maybe once in a month you do a personal vigil and you pray, you will never need to do a vigil about problem. But if you allow problem to wake you up, God will allow you to keep so that you can wake up. But you don't need problem to wake you up. You can be awake at all times. Say amen to that. Amen. Glory to God. Church some meetings where you see some women praying on top of their voice. They've gotten a man who is about to choke them to death. Now they remember God. And they begin to pray. Oh God, my husband. Oh God. And once God helps them a little, the man starts coming to church. Then again. Never seek God for what you want. David said, early will I seek thee. Not because I need anything. I love you. The same way a man knows when a woman is calling you because she wants to get something from you. God knows those who love him, who want to be with him, or those who need something from him. So now, talking about this prosperity issue, David was just made king and there was peace all around. Prosperity just came. He married wives and he settled down. But once he settled, as soon as he sat down, he looked at the palace. This is beautiful. This is beautiful. What would take some other people away? David looked at it. And he said, come. If you were God, what would you do to that kind of man? The next thought that would call to David was that, come. I am leaving this palatial mansion. The ark of God. Oh, God. Nobody told him to do that. He said, the ark of God is intent. Ah. We are building house for the ark of God. The sound would have been like, oh, God, why don't you even enjoy palace? He said, no. Now I'm in palace. Before I lay on my bed to sleep, where is the ark of God? I said, it's our tent. Ah, he said, no. This order must change. And as he was saying that, God sent Nathan and said, go and tell David, my servants. He said, I brought you from sheep court. Saul never thought of building me a house. He never did. No wonder it didn't last. See, God, this is why he has a way of helping 
is lovers, even when they are wrong. Yes. You know, I've been sharing second service about thoughts and why didn't you call to Saul to just wait a little more until Samuel? As soon as he finished offering the sacrifice, Samuel showed up. There are some people, I have seen this in life. Some people, God helps them. Even when they are wrong, he has a way of redirecting them to do what is right. When are some other people, it's like every mistake they make counts against them and they pay dearly for it. Check very well. It is, this is the distinguishing factor. One loves or one does not. So after David killed Uriah and took his wife, Nathan was pronouncing judgment, but he started by saying that God has set aside your iniquity. You're already forgiven, but there will be penalties. And God started the penalty, but he never completed it. He just said, stop here. And Solomon came from that same thing. But the one that offers something, Samuel said, I will come in seven days. It didn't come on time. He had a justification for what he did. Saul was never pardoned. It was even a second chance and he blew it again. I have found that that it means a lot to God. When your heart is burning for him, it means a lot to God. Though you might not be a part, it means a lot to God. David just sat down. Let's read again. And he said that the act, and that was the process of building a temple. You know the end of the story. I will skip a little for time. If we read First Chronicles 29, around 26, 27, God told him that you cannot build me a house. You have shed blood. Because the house, he said this hand, David, <laughs> I love you, but you've killed people. you fought war. Jesus will come as a real person that the temple in the Old Testament represented. And his name must be Prince of Peace. Because he's the Prince of Peace, there must not be a, war, a bloodshed in my house. So I cannot allow you as a man of blood. Solomon, your son, will not draw sword once. Solomon will build. Even though, of course, Solomon killed his order for his brother to be killed. But God just said, David, you are too violent. Too many wars. That goes on to show that God doesn't build anything with those who are violent. He says, Solomon. Then Solomon said, I've always warned people, don't be a violent person. Violent with your words. You are the one that criticizes everything and talk every now and then. When you do that, God can build something on you. At the end of the day, God says Solomon, but look at 1 Chronicles 29. I just want to show you something. The kind of man that David was. 1 Chronicles 29. Just a couple of chapters. Furthermore, David said unto all the congregation, Solomon, my son, whom alone God had chosen is yet young and tender, and the work is great. For the palace is not for man, but for God. Next verse. Now, I have prepared with all my might for the house of God. Gold, for the things made of gold. Silver, for if you read down, if you convert to the, today's currency, David gave billions to the building of the temple. He said, even if the Lord does not allow me to build, when I find somebody building, I will give my last towards it. A man after God's heart. David will be the one that will say, early will I seek you. As the deer panted after the water, so my soul. Lord, there is something about you. I have fallen in love with you. Not with your blessing, with you. 
And whatever your name is mentioned, I defend your name. I stand for you. As it was, as they were doing Solomon's coronation, David said in this chapter, I thought of building a temple, but God said no. But since Solomon, God said you should build, I will empty my treasury for you to build. Affection for the kingdom. The kingdom of God. As those who are very much around me, I never stop talking. Anytime they create Christian song where I put my head on the table, I cry. Lagos don't care. It doesn't mean anything to some people. As long as it's not them, it doesn't matter. It's the reason why a few guys attack churches and say things on Facebook and they get away with it. An average Christian won't talk. Since it's not your father's name they're abusing, so what's your business? They just stay there. But some men have passion. And this is what you will find in David. Passion for the kingdom of God. Don't bring down the name of God around David. It will waste you. And God was watching. He had opportunity to kill Saul. And David said, no. For the fact that this guy is the Lord's anointed. I don't care whether he's a wicked person. I value the fact that they put oil on him. And God told Samuel, this is the kind of person we put oil on. Because if you don't value the anointing, you cannot have it. David said that this oil is on a vessel that is silly. A vessel that wants to kill me. Yet I will not. I, I don't know where the woman is, but I guarantee by now she will be in a blessing that words cannot quantify. The one that I told that was sick for about three months and nobody in the church checked her. I went she, she went to meet the pastor and said, I was sick for three months, nobody came. That's not the problem. Let us start a department that will be checking the sick here. I don't want any other person to go through this. But as for me, I am not angry. Every we mark, 90% of Christians will go on Facebook. I don't know what churches are turned to. I was saying, no, I've sympathized with sympathize with you. And you are right to complain. But you see, all you receive is the attention of men. Nothing happens to your spirit, man. Nothing happens to your record in heaven. You have just lashed out. And those who have always hated churches will support you. I told you, turn around. And then you talk. And you, you satisfy your flesh. But what have you gained spiritually? Nothing. But look at the way of a Christian. Something is lacking in the kingdom. Let me correct it. I don't want this thing to happen to someone else. Pastor, when she said so, even the pastor was ashamed at the old church. But she did not come back to attack anybody. The kingdom. The kingdom. And this is the call. You know, oh, hallelujah. These three tests that David passed, when the Lord blesses you, what comes to your mind next? As you buy property, what comes to your mind next? As the Lord gives to you, what comes to your mind next? This is why some people fight false fruit till tomorrow. We have never taught as a doctor, and I don't teach it. I don't talk about it. It doesn't. I am neither here nor there. I don't. I do, but I don't. 
in over 10 years, we have never taught a message on first force or anything. No. But I just always wondered that why would I want to earn the full salary and I want to spend it when I will still earn the rest for the rest of my life? If it is true that seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, if God comes first, does he only come first in my prayer life but not in finances? I get what I'm saying. This is how I reason out things. But I don't force on anybody. But it's just a question. That who should be the first when I am lifted? What should be my first point of call? It's not the poor. I give to the poor regularly. But the poor did not give me the blessing. God did. So God first, then poor next. And when I say God, the kingdom of God first. Gradually. Activists are trying to pollute the minds of many Christians. And they don't know where Satan is going. Judas was the first to say that thing. This oil is a waste. You should have sold it to give it to the poor. It sounded well. But Jesus said, but you always have the poor. In other words, you can help the poor at any time. Why is that when something is going on in the church? That's when they remember the poor. So they say a church has built a 30,000 auditorium and it costs like 35 billion. Then somebody comes on Facebook and begins to talk. They will not remember the poor. All these poor, uh, they are not giving to the poor. Number one, who says they are not giving to the poor? And do they, does the father will give to the poor? Does that stop us from building? But you don't say that as you pass by beer, beer parlor because you yourself you drink. Now look at all these beer parlor, they won't give to the poor. Why is that when it concerns Jesus? They are the descendants of Judah. Judah did it first. That oil that that woman poured on Judah was truly very expensive. I just said, why can't they sell? And give to the poor. It sounds very all right. Believe me, said, most of those who thought that they give nothing to the poor. It's just to attack Christians and attack people. And it's always affects some Christians. So should I give my tithe to the poor? Why is that your tithe is what you want to give to the poor? Give your DSTV money to the poor. Why is it that? See, people don't understand where this is coming from. Out of all your money, tithe is only 10%. You buy wares, you buy clothes, you give to your parents. You know, why don't you give any other money to the poor? Why is that this is the one? The one that concerns God is what you are thinking. The principles of this world. You are saving to buy a car. Give that to the poor. You know. Someone that I used to know. I don't know, she married a man and they both became very critical. She'll be a very wonderful Christian when we're growing up, but she just became something else. So one day I just stopped by somewhere to visit her and we sat inside a brand new latest version of a particular car, Toyota, brand new. And inside the car she was telling me that uh, we, in this life we should be more concerned about the poor. I want to say, Madam, finally let's start from the purpose of a car is just to carry you from one place to another. Why don't you let us sell this one and just buy 20,000 models? Should be just to carry you. This one is about 13 million. That we can get a 2,000 version. So the 11 million on it will give to the poor. Well, I, even say, I was just looking at her. She was talking. Blah. After I showed her, I was fine. Then she kept quiet. So what, is, what is wrong with people? It is the enemy directing us. See, where your art is, that's where your treasure will be. If he has conquered 
your heart, if you print out your account at the end of the year, it will show. That's the truth. A love that is burning for God. When you print out your time schedule, it will show. Your time on every day in a, will always show where your attention is, where your treasure is. When you love somebody, you spend time with the person and you are not conscious of time. That's why we say that the beginning of a woman knowing that a guy doesn't love you again is when he says that he's too busy to call. Nobody is too busy to call a woman that you love. Nobody. When I was serving a guy loved a lady, we're supposed to, on Monday night, against all odds, all the dangers on the way, took a night bus to Lagos and see the girl and took a day bus back. Only saw her between seven and nine. Aye, aye. And I came, and it was okay. It was not sleeping in the office. <laughs> so when somebody, it takes more than, it takes that, 20 seconds to die in number. Somebody says, I'm too busy. It's a sign that it does not, or your house is far. Your house is only far when somebody doesn't love you. When somebody loves you, traffic can't stop the person. Even when you say that, see, there is traffic on the hotel, I don't worry about that. So once you hear excuses, it's a sign that something is wrong. I have seen what men have done in the name of love. Almost risking their own life. That boy went one day. When he was coming back, bandits on both sides, they shot over 32 bullets into their car. He was lying down praying to God. When he got to Kaduna, he told her he would never do it again. Two months after he did it again. Love. You see what ladies do also when they are in love. That's I usually say that the best time a pastor can talk to a lady is before she falls in love. After she has fallen in love, save yourself of your sermon. Yes. When you are, we ask a lady that is this guy born again, he says, hey, Pastor, he listens to TDJ. So jokingly, my son, my friend, we have added it as one of the things we ask you now. When you say your relationship, ask you, does he listen to TDJ? Because now that is equal to salvation for some ladies. No, just a way to just so you, you you cannot once a woman has fallen in love, whether you are a father or a pastor, just keep quiet. You you just you can only pray. Maybe that the guy should break his heart if this wrong guy. But if you are talking, you are just wasting your time. If I they will invite you for the wedding. <laughs> so if you are interested in wedding rights, keep your mouth shut. <laughs> Don't say anything until you are ready. You know, there's nothing you are going to say. That's how powerful love is. Yes. And she begins to cover the guy's flaws. Even the one that is hitting her, she covers it. Just don't tell anybody. The power of love. If any man loves me, the Lord is looking for, his eyes are running to and fro. When he finds this kind of people, he lifts them up so rapidly. You know, this is why Honestly speaking, only a few Christians have enjoyed real liftings. Because God has not been able to settle this question with many. And you cannot say with words or mouth, you'll be tested. 
once he, he finds out, he begins to open doors. He begins to open doors. Yesterday in the morning, Pigeon followed me. I went to speak to the Corpus Fellowship, NCCF. And I was supposed to be with them Friday night. You know, and I told them something. Because when I landed on Friday from the airport, if I changed inside the toilet of the airport, just to be able to go to NCCF straight. But traffic just hooked us. By arrangements, the flight was supposed to reach Nigeria by 4.30, but we got to Nigeria after 6. Because we were delayed somewhere in Germany for a while. We were in Germany for about five hours, and then I was now... So I was apologizing to the people, and I was telling them that, see, my heart, Pastor Benny's administrator, Benny, Pastor Benny, had sent me, as at Friday and Saturday, I was supposed to be receiving an award as a special partner in Florida. And the PA called me, and I said, I'll be there. Like three months ago, the NCCF came about Lagos. I was praying in the night, and the Lord, I just thought about it, and look, you can choose to go to America to receive an award. Okay, to be a joy to meet Pastor Benny on one-on-one -on -one again, which I've done like two times, and it will be wonderful. But this NCCF, by the time you are going for their conference next year, this set would have passed. An opportunity to minister. So in the night, I first day I wasn't coming, when they sent the letter, then I called their president. I said, you know, I'll come. And I told DC, let me send a mail to Pastor Benny's PA that I will not be able to make it. So when Apostle called me, and he told me that Pastor, I want you. He called me two times. He said, please. There's a meeting in Manchester. He told me three months when he said, he said but I, I need you to be there. And that was like three weeks ago. I was in Florida then. I said, ah, sir, I canceled Bernice meeting for this corpus. I don't think I'll be in Manchester. He said, okay, no problem. Then the following day, he called again. I said, I was praying and I saw you at that meeting. So I feel you should be there. I said, okay, if I can find the flight. So I'm supposed to pray for NCF on Friday. If I can find the flight that will come in Friday, most of them fly, international flight in the night, but if I can find one that will land before 5 o'clock, because NCF says 6 o'clock, and I'll come. Then I found this one that said 4.30. But you know what that means? The program ended like 11 on Thursday. Some of you watch it. Myself, Apostle, and Pastor Nathaniel spoke till like 12.15. It's other I told the Apostle that my flight is 6 a.m. I have to get to the airport 3.30 a.m. This is 12.30. I have not parked. So one of my friends, thank God for him, Dr. Tolu followed me, followed me to the room till to one parking. So because I did not want to disappoint this NCF, I opted and I left my luggage in UK. I said, by the time you get to the airport, it will take over one hour for your bag to come out. So if I don't have any bag, I will just come out and rush to go and preach. You will only do that. What did the NCCF give me? Nothing. Not even a bottle. I didn't even wait to take a bottle of water. You have captured my heart, consumed my heart with your love. I know minister that when you want to invite, start asking questions. So how much will you give? How many people are in your church? 
immediately, no, but I don't even deal with it. That is why, if you don't know, I'm telling you for the first time today, that's why you don't see certain gospel singers here. All the gospel singers we invite here, nobody says, give us this amount. It is whatever. Once we start bargaining with us, we close the door straight away. Because you have a strange spirit that is different from what we have. Yes. So you will never hear Pastor Nadu say of it or raise asking anybody. I want to come for your meeting, but can you give me this amount, this kind of accommodation? Put them in one room, they stay. Because that doesn't even should treat them anyhow. Or they just don't. Either they come or they don't come, but they don't say this is what it takes. So I, I said to her, this is the people that have the kind of spirit we have. But I've seen pastors quoting. What kind of room, what kind of time you put? The people will be asking you questions. Oh, are you putting the man of God? Then if I start to tell your city, how much are you giving him? Yeah, that what give us a range. What is the range of the amount you are giving? But the invited one one day said, the PA said that he hits, describe the kind of yam and egg. <laughs> so those who are standing, they fry the yam in that particular way. <laughs> the guy came and preached a nonsense message. And he told them the amount they should give him. So they, you know, when you are corny, you will meet a corny person also. So it was also coppers that hosted him. The president of that fellowship said, no problem. Now what did he say? They told the professor, he said, Pack 100, 900, 100. So the envelope will swell. The guy told my, told my friend later that he repented. That was the president. He said, because he lied. So when they entered his hotel, the first question said, I show you something to that man. They said, yes, sir. So they sealed it very well. Seven tele tapes. <laughs> it is where you go. <laughs> you will open. And he took it and put it inside his bag. When they left, they said, thank God. We will never see your face again. Because we are not even planning to invite you. You hate our yam and egg and preach one message that was just, <laughs> was just, talking, just talking trash. He was, he was reading from a book and talking. Said so the president said, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Hallelujah. Do you love Jesus? You know, many times when a call is made, there are two areas that Christians stay back most. When a call is made for evangelism, and this is the thing that excites Jesus most, that souls are one. If I call for prayer, meet many people will come. Especially if it's a personal prayer. When you call that it's time to go and reach out to lost souls, people stay back. What makes Jesus happy most is what most Christians don't want to do. Number two, when you call for giving. God has broken some people they give. Some, they're not giving God residual. You know, they just give God residual. Yes. No. What's the quality of the offering you give? The principle of heaven is like this. Even if all you have is 50 cover. When you give, God applauds you. But that is all you have. But if it's the matter of the habit of looking for what is convenient, then learn from David. Oh, vow that I will never give to God what costs me nothing. I've adopted the same thing. I won't even pray when it's convenient. I pray whether it's convenient or it does not. I will not offer to God what costs me nothing. How can I come to church? Me at my level. And put 5,000 offering them. So that's what I'm giving God. There are some of us who know when you give God, like you receive a it's like an insult because He has promoted you beyond that limb. But there are Christians that God is promoting 
and they stay at the same level. The way they still come, they still the same 200. Now they are on vacation and they can't still spend time to pray. Your vacation is now filled with films you want to watch. When you go to work every day, you say that you, because of work, you are not spending any time praying. But now you're on vacation and still, it means that your heart is not with him. So you are not spending time with him. Let me tell you the truth. There is an anointing. There is a blessing that rests on givers. Make no mistake about it. There is a grace that rests on givers. And it's always the sign, one of the signs. It reveals the extent of love that you have for God. It does. Resources and time. Those are two important things. I want to stop here today. If anyone loves it, will keep my words. Hallelujah. It is also the reason why we find it difficult to practice iniquity. Genuine love for God. You can't break the heart of someone you love. Joseph said, how can I do this and sin against God? Which is possible. Nobody is seeing us, but there is someone seeing. And he's the most important person to me. I'd rather offend men, not God. I can't do this. This is what God is calling church to. That's why Sai waits at times before giving saints unusual prosperity. Do you know what will happen today if God decides to multiply your income 1,000 times? God can do it. But you know what happens? You know, I've said it before that it only happened to me like just about two times, not every time, that I give and I receive 100 fold, 100 fold. As in times 100 of the amount given in the, in, within three weeks. But it doesn't happen every time like that. But it has happened to me like two times like that. Times 100 within three weeks. I'm still trying to study what made that one different from all other givings that I do. Anytime I give, I get blessed mightily. But I've never experienced that 100 times, more than two times in my entire life. And I'm trying to find out what happened with those two times. Imagine you giving God 1 million, God giving you 100 million, as in 100 million within a short time. How would that be to you? Just imagine. There are certain things we cannot explain. Why do, that, that doesn't happen every other day? God's guarantee is that when you give, it will bless you, but how he will do it is up to him. But I just that on two occasions in my life, I explained that kind of thing. I gave an amount and then 100, 100% of it. And the second time was even 120%. But I, those are the two. All that time, maybe 30, maybe 20, maybe 10, maybe 12, maybe 15. I don't know. But those two times. And they, and they linger in my memory forever. Are you getting what I'm saying? Let people rise who love God so much that God can trust. Let it get to a point that is sure that even if you have 700 ladies working under your office, their life is saved. Your relationship with them is pure and clean. Then you are going to see God rapidly promote because you are, He has found someone who can ably represent the kingdom and that they will not regret committing prosperity into the person's hand. That God will not regret. When I was in NMPC, by 12, I have learned some things from Muslims, from Northerners in particular. Even if the governor visited NMPC, by that to one on Friday, everybody leaves office to go to the mosque, opposite office. 
From the accountant, they leave their purses and their phones and they go. In Saudi Arabia and all those nations, you are buying something from the person. As soon as they hear the cry to pray, they leave you there before they are, if you like, carry your money, go. Even if you like, steal their stuff, go. They are out, outside the shop bowing. I said, Lord, this is one thing that Christians must learn. Especially Friday. Other days they can still do, but Friday. Once they raise that prayer cry, you are about to buy the most important thing, the most expensive. They just abandon you there to go and pray. It's more important to them. A Christian went to collect the money first. I said, Whose heart that God has conquered? This is what our Christian NPC said. We used to, I mean, we'll be, they would just leave us in the office. So what everybody would just go there was they, they made a place like a, opposite the office. All of them from the top to coppers to IT students, all of them outside. Office just become empty. And they come back when they are true. Every one of them. Every one of them. If the president came into the company, they would leave him there to go and pray. And I said to my colleagues, we need to learn something from this. This is people who value what they believe. They value it. And no man can take it away from them. They value. Do you value Jesus? Let's rise. You know, I was praying yesterday. And I knew that this first service would be like kind of sober. Because we have to call people to this thing. Christians, back. What I've just done this morning, for those who follow, you will discover that there's no height God cannot take you to once he is sure of this age. So that was how Jesus asked Simon, lovest thou me? It's as if once I mark you that you love me, then I and my father will come. I know the meaning of that. When God visits you, he doesn't leave empty and then. I and my father will come. I want to read that eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. It has not entered into the heart of men. They think that God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us by the Spirit. Eyes have not heard. Those who love him. They think that God has prepared for those who love him. You know, I crossed my leg. I sat there as Pastor Nat was playing. And after the first session, after the first, in the night we were talking and he said, do you know, I got a scholarship, the best music school in the world. And I was like, he said, that's equal to Harvard. When nobody knew me, when I was just a player in the church, and because he needed to stay back in the church, he prayed that God said, you know, we should stay back with the church on the island. He said, a scholarship to the best music school in the world. I missed it. Those who went to that music school, where are they now? God will never owe any man if he tells you there is a reason. I, I have searched again. All those who took that scholarship in his time and went there, where are they now? Some of the miracles that happened in that meeting, people attribute some of them happened when he was playing the sax, not when the apostles were Some of the miracles. So, after sacrificing that school, he came back to Europe and thousands came to welcome him. But those who went to that school, where are they now? The ways of God, men and brethren, it is true that word. Eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. God has prepared something for those who love him. 
It is prepared. It's waiting for you. Just let him mark you that you love me. And then he gives you access to that thing. Those who love him. Those who love him. Is somebody hearing me? I don't know whether somebody, whether the person is a physical or somebody watching me. What the Lord is correcting me about is it has to do with a guy. You have to choose. Do you love him more than God? You know it's not God's will for your life, but you keep hanging around him. When you don't say bye-bye to him, you will never see what God has planned for you. And if you choose to settle with this one, God says, fine, make your choice. But don't complain in the future. Because I have something better for you. But I will not reveal until you let go of what you are holding on to. Say the Lord. That's a prophetic word for somebody. Yeah. You can see where God is taking you to. I know that this guy doesn't fit into it. But you keep holding on and holding on. At times, your love is measured by what you are willing to walk away from. To please your Savior and your lover. What are you willing to walk away from? To please the one who loves you. Who cares for you. There is no prophecy. There's nothing that God cannot give you free of charge. All of you listen to me, standing as eternal as one person. In no time, God can multiply and give you things. There is a question he's asking that he has not gotten an answer from you. Tokwe, Wale, Charles, if I love us down me more than this. Can we count on you? If in 72 days, I promote you to the point that the whole world is looking up to you. Will you fail us? Will you become a philosopher then and say Africans are just praying because they are poor and then you walk away? Or will you still be very deep and intact and that you even use that position as an opportunity to serve God all the more? That's the question he's asking. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And from today, I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late, you are born again, you are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.